0: What's up, QAA listeners?
1: The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to chapter 185 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. The Sean Foyt Goes to Disney episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Brockitansky,
2: Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we are back out in the field, having attended the anti-LGBT protest outside of Disney Studios in Burbank, California. Organized by activist and revivalist musician Sean Foyt, it was a physical manifestation of a greater QAnon-style effort on the right who are seeking to court outrage among potential midterm voters by accusing anybody left of them, or even who just support LGBT rights, of being pedophiles and groomers. So first we'll get some context by exploring the so-called don't-say-gay law passed by Ron DeSantis in Florida, along with the way right-wing operators and media are using it to fuel their narrative. Then we'll head out into the field to observe this hate machine operating on a ground level by mixing with the protesters outside of Disney Studios.
3: On April 1st, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law the measure, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which critics have dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill. Now, supporters of the bill object to this characterization because the words gay or homosexual don't actually appear anywhere in the bill. And that's true. But a close examination of how the bill will likely be enforced reveals that this is besides the point. Now, a lot of the rhetoric uh, around this bill is frankly fucking insane. So, I'm going to try and break down the controversy as best as I can. So, the text of the legislation says that it aims to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children. Hey, that's a good thing. I'm a father. I'm definitely interested in ensuring I maintain my right to make decisions regarding the upbringing of my child. Now, if you pitch it to me like that and you say, I learned nothing else about the bill, I'm already sold. Now, The section of the bill that is generating the most controversy says this. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on
1: sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards.
3: Proponents of the bill uh, characterize it as a ban on sex instruction. But if you notice, the bill bans classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity while saying nothing about um, instruction about the act of sex itself. Secondly, the text of the bill is really vague, and this is causing, I think, a lot of the conflict and confusion and strife. So what exactly constitutes classroom instruction on sexual orientation? I mean, is it teaching any material which includes an approving depiction of a sexual orientation? Now, that's a very broad interpretation, which can lead to uh, sort of really absurd situations. You know, take, for example, a classic novel, Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. Uh, you may remember that near the end of that book, the character of Fern Arable matures, becomes interested in boys, and starts spending more time with a classmate of hers named Henry Fussy. In other words, Charlotte's Web, which is read to millions of young children every year without objection, depicts a girl who grows up and develops a particular sexual orientation. You know, it's a beautiful book, and one of the themes happens to be about maturing and losing innocence. Now, does reading this book to third graders in Florida constitute classroom instruction on sexual orientation and therefore violate the law? Now, that seems ludicrous, and I I can't imagine any parent would actually object to Charlotte's Web. But if you're going to argue that the Florida bill doesn't prohibit the teaching of Charlotte's Web, that naturally raises the question of, What kind of depictions of sexual orientation the law does prohibit?
1: What if Charlotte was gay? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Jack and Jill. They're... (laughs) (laughs) The Adam Sandler movie, I hope. (laughs) They're, uh, you know, they are running up a hill together. Okay. Uh, They are fetching (laughs) a pail. All right. Um, They are falling, tumbling back down the hill, rolling over each other in the grass. I mean, one can infer... What? uh, ...that the pail... uh, What's the...
2: Yeah? Um, when you, the spilling, real, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost there, man. Almost, almost saying that almost. the pail was full of cum. 70,
1: I, you know what? I thought about <laughs> that and decided not to go there. So once again, you get 75% of a bit.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but the issue seems to be is that like most people, like they when they hear sexual orientation, they meet, usually mean anything besides straight. And there's this sort of idea that there's sort of like this porous nature between merely describing people with a particular sexual orientation and teaching about sex, which is not the case.
2: They, they want gay people to disappear. And certainly, you know, any portrayal of gay uh, or, or trans people to be non-positive, basically. It has to be mm-hmm. associated with misery and torment and sin.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically why, you know, the laws—those critics are saying that the enforcement of the law will be discriminatory, even if the letter of the law isn't.
2: Yeah, which, which by the way, is <laughs> critical theory, basically. <laughs> but uh, let's not bring that up with them right now. <laughs> it seems like they just got over that <laughs> fever.
3: There's also a a misconception that the bill only affects classrooms up to the third grade. Now, that's not true. It also prohibits instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity for every other grade level that's not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate. But how do you define the barrier between appropriate and inappropriate? And here the law offers no clear guidance. For example, some Shakespeare comedies involve uh, cross-dressing and gender role swapping, so it's impossible to teach these plays without some instruction on concepts related to gender identity. Uh, So when can an English teacher or a drama teacher in Florida bring Twelfth Night into the curriculum without fear of their school being sued? It's like 8th grade, ninth, 10th, it's not really known. This law may also create confusion for government or civics classes, when, if ever, would a teacher be permitted to discuss the 2015 Supreme Court case Obergefell v. Hodges, which ruled that the right to marry extends to same-sex couples. Some LGBTQ teachers have also expressed concerns that uh, common informal classroom activities, such as sharing information about their partner or displaying pictures of their family, puts them at risk at being in violation of the law. So how to interpret the law isn't like, really known because the text is vague, and since it's a new law, there's no clarifying precedent in the court, and the only way to establish legal precedent would be through a parent accusing the school of violating the law and suing. Which brings me to another criticism of the law. The vagueness means that there is a massively broad range of scenarios in which parents might have grounds to sue. This is a risk for cash-strapped schools and leaves teachers uncertain about how to comply with the law. Florida State Representative Carlos Smith said this.
1: The bill's intentionally vague language leaves teachers afraid to talk to their students and opens up school districts to costly and frivolous litigation from those seeking to exclude LGBTQ people from any grade level.
3: So the criticisms are essentially that the law is so vague that the barriers of what is permitted or not are unclear. It affects every grade level, not just the youngest students. It puts schools under heightened risk of frivolous lawsuits due to the law's vagueness. It has a profound chilling effect on what teachers talk about in a way that doesn't actually protect or help students. And despite the fact that the law doesn't mention homosexuality or transsexuality specifically, in practice, it will only target depictions of marginalized gender and sexual identities, thus negatively affecting the well-being of some students. You may notice that none of these criticisms involve insisting that teachers should teach kindergartners about sex and then hide this instruction from the children's parents. Some supporters of the bill seem to be under the impression that the bill merely bans sex instruction for 5- to 8-year-olds. That is not true, and one of the reasons we know that's not true is that Florida lawmakers rejected efforts to turn the measure into a straightforward prohibition on sex education in the early grades. While the bill was being developed, a Republican Florida legislator, Senator Jeff Brandis, offered an amendment to the bill so that it specifically banned instruction on human sexuality and sexual activity rather than sexual orientation. Here's what Brandis said about the amendment and why he couldn't support the bill during a meeting of the Florida Senate Appropriations Committee.
4: I think the, that we can all agree, everybody on this panel can agree, that sensitive subjects between kindergartners and third graders should be best handled at home. I think we can all, all agree. And then the question for the faith-based community is then, can we modify the language to accomplish those goals um, and, and ensure that we're not, we're not hurting our neighbors? Can we, can we find a way to modify the language in such a way that our neighbors in this room don't feel harmed? We have the opportunity to soften this, to accomplish both goals, to ensure that these conversations are had at home and also to not impact our neighbors in the way that today you've seen them impacted. I hope we can find a way forward here. I have to believe that we can. I'm not gonna support the bill today in hopes that we can find a way to love our neighbors before this gets to the floor.
2: Wow, I bet he got just like uh, kicked right out of town. yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's like he's talking to Floridians, and he's you can you could tell he's just bracing for a punch, you know? He's like, oh, you're not gonna like this, but what you're doing is hateful, and maybe we could just shift it so it's what your stated goal is accomplished.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this man is a Republican father of four, and he's basically telling what he, what he called the faith-based community. He's like, hey, let's do what you say you want to do without basically hurting the people of the state. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that, the Brandis Amendment uh, was actually endorsed by one of the bill's most vocal critics in the legislature. That's a uh, Democratic representative Carlos Smith who said this.
2: For those who are pushing a bill like this because they want to restrict what they consider to be inappropriate sexual education topics in kindergarten through third grade, this amendment actually does that and takes the bill from being about prohibiting conversations or instruction toward a group of people, LGBTQ people, and erasing our identities and our visibility in public schools. It just makes it a bill about restricting sex ed for lower grade levels.
3: Senator Dennis Baxley, the main sponsor of the bill, encourages his fellow legislators to reject the bipartisan amendment by saying this.
4: Uh, I would uh, kindly ask you to uh, vote against this amendment. I consider it an unfriendly amendment from a very friendly person that would significantly gut the effort of this bill. Thank you.
3: Piece of shit. I know. Again, this is slime is what you said we wanted, yeah and it was wound up being rejected by the Florida legislature. And I think that's, this is, I mean, kind of crazy and worth emphasizing. There was an opportunity to amend the legislation so that merely prohibited sex education for the youngest Florida students. And that amendment, which would have helped avoid much of the strife we're seeing right now and was supported by even critics of the the law as it was passed, it was rejected, which indicates, I think, that the legislation is actually about much more than just that.
2: Yeah, and, you know, uh, obviously learning about this context really emphasizes for me how different— the messaging was uh, from the people protesting outside of Disney. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with this. It is wild.
3: Yes. Supporters of the parent rights and education bill frequently respond to these criticisms by accusing the critics of being pedophiles and or child groomers. And this smear is it's not, it's not limited to just like anonymous Twitter accounts with groipers or glowing eyes in the, the profile pictures. Governor DeSantis himself said in an interview with Tucker Carlson that critics of the bill just want to sexualize children.
2: They have to lie because if they admitted what they were really for, sexualizing kindergartners and first graders, they know that would not fly with the public.
3: Good stuff, like where the discourse is going. Yeah. Accusation that opponents of the bill are child groomers was even pushed by uh, Christina Pushaw, the spokesperson for Governor DeSantis, in a pair of tweets.
1: The bill that liberals inaccurately call, quote, don't say gay, would be more accurately described as an anti-grooming bill. If you're against the anti-grooming bill, you are probably a groomer, or at least you don't denounce the grooming of four to eight-year-old children. Silence is complicity. This is how it works, Democrats, and I didn't make the rules.
2: Oh my God. Just write like an asshole.
3: You also hear a lot of... Right-wing people online who defend uh, who defend the use of groomer, the casual accusation, essentially of not only our critics pedophiles, but they're actively, uh, you know, uh, enticing children toward, towards being abused by expressing disappointment that they were called Nazis and racists in ways that they thought was unfair. So it's not really they're not really defending on their own merits. They think it's a sort of like a tit for tat kind of thing in online discourse. What's really interesting is that uh, the proliferation of this grooming smear and the OK Groomer meme was uh, documented by the Harvard Law instructor Alejandra Caraballo. She tweeted that the earliest known usage of OK Groomer comes from 2019 by the Irish television writer and anti-trans activist Graham Linehan. And then in March 2020, a uh, 4chan post encouraged others to use the phrase on Twitter.
1: The anonymous poster writes, Use your Twitter accounts to comment OK Groomer under every post regarding LGBTQ sexualization of children. If OK Boomer made people flip their shit, I suspect this will make them come out as pedos and actively defend child molesting. Let's choose one latest LGBTQ social media post to assess the effect. Godspeed, lads.
3: So it's really clear that this phrase was conceived to be part of an online hate campaign. Now, initially, the campaign wasn't very successful, but in January 2021, uh, Jack Posobiec retweeted a tweet that contained the phrase, OK, groomer. But the phrase really got traction thanks to the anti-CRT crusader James Lindsay, who pushed the grooming attack multiple times a day in February of this year through his conceptual James Twitter account. And then it made its way all the way to the uh, spokesperson for the governor of the third largest state. You know, it used to be like, you know, political communications team. Like, you know, they had like, you know, a bunch of people to try and cook up messages. Now they can just go to 4chan. Great. Good stuff. Yeah. Disney got involved uh, because of its large business dealings in Florida, which include the Disney World Resort and employing 75,000 people in the state. In early March, Disney and its CEO, Bob Chapek, spoke out against the bill in an internal staff email, but refused to publicly condemn the bill. This prompted uh, staged walkouts from employees, which in turn prompted Chapek to publicly speak out against the bill. After the law passed, Disney made a more forceful statement saying that the bill should never have been signed into law and that they are committed to having it repealed or struck down by the courts. And this, of course, led to DeSantis and online cultural warriors uh, condemning woke Disney, which has uh, led to the uh, protest in, uh, that uh, Julian documented.
2: On April 4th, far-right activist and revivalist Christian musician Sean Foyt posted a call to action on his Facebook page.
3: The
5: sexualization and indoctrination of four-year-old children should be the line drawn in the sand for every single sane American citizen. This is the reason why we are gathering outside of the Disney headquarters this Wednesday, April 6th at 6 p.m. Listen, we have parents showing up. We have former Disney employees that are coming. Every concerned American and Californian should join us as we rally together to make our voice be heard. If there is one issue in the eyes of the Lord that will define this generation, it is preserving the innocence of our kids. It's time to take a stand. It's time to hold the line. Enough is enough. I will see you there. Join us this Wednesday at 6 p.m. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to march. We're going to let our voice be heard. We're going to have, let America and Disney see that we are not going to allow this to stand in our generation. We'll see you there.
2: Foyt, who styles himself as a kind of, I don't know, young youth pastor with long blonde hair, a kind of chill guy with a guitar, is actually a figure associated with the Bethel Church in Redding, California, where he was once a worship leader. Since around 2016, his work has grown increasingly political. And he's been effective at whipping up revivalist crowds into political action through social media messaging and an unending series of worship gatherings held across the United States. These usually involve religious and political figures making sermons and speeches, as well as music led by Foyt and his band. The gatherings are attended by powerful GOP figures like Ron DeSantis and Josh Hawley. And just a few months ago, Trump recorded a message endorsing Foyt's movement that was played at a 9-11 D.C. gathering that we covered. Foyt also recently ran an unsuccessful Republican campaign for California's 3rd Congressional District in 2020. During the pandemic, he's organized many gatherings protesting mask mandates. And, unsurprisingly, is now hopping on this anti-LGBT bandwagon as the narrative surges in popularity on right-wing media. Sean has frequently ranted about Antifa, which he claims are demonic, while hanging out with Proud Boys and other far-right militia people. On the morning of the April 6th Disney protest, Foyt appeared on Fox and Friends and was interviewed by Ainsley Erhardt, who gave him praise for his work and helped him promote the event. If they want to win in the midterm elections, the Republicans know that they need the extreme Protestants to vote, and they have no qualms whipping them up into a fury at the expense of LGBT people.
4: Disney is facing backlash from parents nationwide after taking a stand against Florida's parental rights and education law. And our next guest is slamming the company for standing in the way of protecting our children. And now he's taking action. He's organizing a rally outside of the Walt Disney headquarters in Burbank, California, later today. Founder of Hold the Line, Sean Foyt, joins us this morning. Good morning, Sean.
5: Hey, good morning. good morning.
4: Good to be with you. Great to see you and have you on again. Former worship leader at uh, Bethel Church. We listen to your music, love your music. Author, speaker, musician, father of four beautiful children, and married his high school sweetheart, and then founded uh, Hold the Line. Tell us what that is before we get <laughs> yes. into, into what you're doing today.
5: Yeah, so this is an activist movement that's to encourage people across America to rise up and stand for biblical values and to really hold the line on all things that we're called to conserve in this season, and in
2: this case specifically, it's our children.
1: Oh, oh, god! You don't
2: like the nice description of his lifestyle? Yeah, I don't love like the the really nice tee
1: up that he got.
2: Yeah, love your music, worship at your church all the time. Wow, um, your
1: wow. beautiful children. You children, married your beautiful high, school high school sweetheart. Not a gay. woman,
2: A woman, not gay. You're not gay, God. <laughs> at the end of the interview, Earhart asked Foyt whether he would stop going to Disneyland with his family, which he had clearly been doing.
4: Will you continue to take your children to Disney?
2: You know, I, me and my wife were talking about that last night, you know, preparing for this segment.
5: And I, we have to draw a line in the sand. I, I don't think we're going to do it right now, not until we see them significantly change their ways. I yeah. mean, I can't get up here and host this thing in one sense and then not, not show it with my own family.
4: Sean, thank you so much. God bless you.
2: Thank you. You're
5: Thanks welcome. for having me on.
4: You're welcome.
2: So, yeah, I mean, Fox is just literally just oh, just, fully activist uh, in this matter. Yeah,
1: 100%. He didn't even say, God bless you, back to her. So rude. This is totally rude. And this is fucked. Like, so, so his four beautiful children uh, can't enjoy the fruit of their father's grifting and all the money that he's making <laughs> by, you know, multiple <laughs> trips a year to Disneyland. Like, that is so fucked and unfair to them. Yeah, it's so messed up. You know, maybe he can keep them in certain sections of the park, you know? Maybe not it's a small world, but, um, you know... Peter Pan,
2: okay. You know he's gonna go, but he's just gonna be dressed as, like, goofy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. His whole family will be dressed, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, he's goofy,
1: um, yeah, and goof his, wife, his wife will be Snow White, and the children will be four <laughs> of the
2: seven dwarves. I really hope no one recognizes me. I just needed one more ride around
3: the Peter Pan thing. Know who I think is actually behind this whole campaign? Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, as a result of all this, a little past 6 p.m. on Wednesday, April 6th, I found myself walking up to the protest at Disney Studios in Burbank. The sun was beginning to set behind Sean Foyt and his band as they prepared to play on a small stage set up on the back of a sizable flatbed truck. A crowd of around 150 people milled about on the sidewalk. They were of all ages and racial backgrounds. Lots of children. Bullhorns. Signs everywhere.
1: Disney is
2: not the
3: parent. Arrest pedophiles. Okay, Groomer, fuck Peddlewood. Disney stop sexualizing our kids. Go woke, go broke. Disney
2: is demonic. A few mainstream media outlets roamed the periphery, carrying out interviews. Several red-pilled content creators were also present, but they were hard to distinguish from attendees, many of whom were also recording everything. Foyt and the band got started. We
0: call for every wall of perversion to come down in Jesus' name. We call for every wall to strip the innocence of our kids to come down. God, we pray that you would expose Disney for what it is. Expose this corporation. Bring everything that's been hidden into the light.
1: Surprisingly good sound quality for a street setup uh, on a flatbed like that. He, yeah, must, I mean, he must do this quite a bit.
2: Kind of what he does. <laughs> A little later, Foyt's right-hand man, Pastor Jay Koopman, defined the gathering a little more honestly. People were in attendance because they believed homosexuality was inherently evil and wrong.
0: Up on this stage, we have representations from all sorts of life. You got somebody that came through from same-sex attraction, you got a Disney employee, you've got pastors, you got a young man that was born in a lesbian household, was raised the wrong way, but Jesus got a hold of his life. Are you hearing me right now? You've got worship leaders up here, okay? Are you hearing me? I believe that we are standing in the gap, that we can pray a prayer right now, that we can pray a prayer that the LGBT can be saved and delivered, that Disneyland can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me right now? That the government can be changed. But I don't know about you. I want to see God. Can we pray? Lift up your hands. Lift them up. Come on, cry out. Jesus, we pray right now come on pray
2: pray pray just a, a nightmare of hatred yeah and this it felt is so fucking bad being there it's just just the worst
3: it is like insane that like fox news endorsed this like westboro baptist church level hate rally
1: yeah also this is so different from you know a handful of the sort of save the children rallies that we attended where there was Tons of LGBTQ well not tons, yeah, but,
6: but there, there, was, was, there, was, yeah. there was
1: there was there a, was a noticeable representation of LGBTQ people at these rallies and that 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 wasn't a, a problem. No. As long as they all believed that, you know, Hillary Clinton is is a tunneling children. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, they would still be like we need to basically take care of the pedophile problem inside LGBT, you know, kind of thing. Like, But they're accepted uh, at most of these Q rallies, they're accepted in their identity as, as gay. They don't have to hear speeches like this usually yeah, yeah, from yeah. the stage. It's, uh, that is very different. This is a way more profoundly um, homophobic and anti-LGBT uh, kind of rally. Directly after this, Koopman handed the mic to a young man named Ross, who explained how terrible it was that his parents were gay.
7: Listen, I never had a father for my entire life, never knew a father, never had a father's embrace, a father's hug, a father's kiss, a father's confidence, never. Why? I was born by artificial insemination. I grew up in a lesbian household, I had two moms, never had a father in my entire life. And so I'm here to share tonight, we're not just here for a side issue. We're not just here for some small little thing just to look cool and look good. I'm here to share that this is vital for America in this season. And if we don't take a stand now, we might as well pack it up and go home. Because here's the truth. Because I didn't have a father, it led me to a lot of dark places. It led me to anxiety. It led me to hopelessness, to loneliness, to no purpose, no identity. I looked to the world to tell me what my value was. I looked to the world to tell me what my worth was.
2: Oh man, just just uh, demented stuff. Um, and I
1: would argue t- the, that, yeah. that he looks neither good or cool.
2: No, 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 no. Doesn't look good or cool. And he looks like—I mean, honestly, his vibe was really menacing. There was something, yeah. just heavy about his uh, his kind of like—I don't know—look in his eyes and stuff. Like something's off with this young man. And. Um, you know, I'm not surprised that, you know, he's instrumentalized this um, having two moms into, you know, just this uh, hate speech. Following this young man, a young woman took to the stage to explain that she was currently a Disney employee, but she saw the organization as a set of souls that was ripe for harvest. Unfortunately, she was also pretty nervous, so she keeps kind of mixing up her terms.
8: I've worked for Disney since 2001, and it has always been a harvest field, and that field is ripe for harvest. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to tell all of the lions that are being raised in the sheep that they're little sheepish lions. But you know what? When something happens to get that lion to be bold, like lambert the sheepish lion he was raised among sheep and he was bullied out of his lionness and so he thought he was a sheep he thought he was a sheep and he lost his voice until one day a wolf came the wolf came to take the one thing that was the most precious to him his mama so that lion he looked for help to the left to the right and couldn't find anybody what did he do he realized he who had to stand up. He was the one who had to find his roar and he roared and that wolf let his mama go and that wolf flew off the cliff. So my encouragement to you, to any Disney cast members that are afraid to be bold, that are afraid to be courageous, stand up. It's okay, you're not alone. You are a sheep among, you are a lion among sheep. So get out there, roar and be strong. Thank you.
2: She, she must have gotten fucking. she, oh.
1: she must have gotten like a bootleg of the Lion King because <laughs> this is it's kind of that no, story but yeah, like it's story. like the weird it's like but the also weird like bit. in
2: the story he, he it's like the the lion becomes a lion to save his mom who's a sheep. So she's saying like, okay, sheep can raise lions, which I don't like it fucks up the whole thing. Like if you think it's so bad to be a sheep, but then the mama's the it's like just the whole thing is melted. And and what and what happened? The
1: the uh, Lambert the Lion's Roar was so ferocious that the wolf threw itself off a cliff, yeah. and killed itself? Killed like it's like, like what what is going Incredible. on? And, and of course you've got the you know one of the musicians from the band in the background like being like lay in the yeah. you know oh, the yeah. sappy background music. What the yeah. fuck is she talking about? okay jesus all all right
2: yeah just keep going it was pretty cool to watch someone on stage yell you are all sheep (laughs) 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 you know what's interesting here is like she's admitting you know like they see it as a harvest for souls you know i mean if anything they're the ones who are like no no no, we need to like recruit people of all ages including children into the straight (laughs) lifestyle the straight christian lifestyle so it's like who, who is who is trying to, I guess, manipulate uh, sexual orientation and gender identity here? I mean, it really does seem to me that they're just complaining they don't have more of an impact, that they can't basically set the rules for everyone uh, and that that's outrageous to them, which.
1: And like and they're saying this from from a culture that is like, you know, predominantly, you know, and for hundreds and hundreds of years you know, has placed heterosexuality on a pedestal. You yeah, know? of course. It's like,
2: but it's not enough. It, it's it's like, like you can't let in any gay stuff. Uh, otherwise, it, it pollutes the endless Disney movies that reaffirm that being a heterosexual is good and awesome. And you should fall in love with someone of the opposite sex. And also you have to be cis. Yeah, and you should marry
1: them as well and definitely start having children right away. Mm-hmm. And the children will go on an adventure. The children, (laughs) they'll go on an adventure to save you somehow. Parents always need saving in these Disney movies, or they get killed. Um,
3: They will have an adventure in the direct-to-DVD Lion King 2, your children. Yes, yes. (laughs) Although, Pumbaa seems kind of gay. Timon and Pumbaa—they're kind of in
2: a relationship.
1: Yeah, they are. That seems. They're, I don't want... They're the happiest characters in the whole movie. <laughs> 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 they're the least anxious, actually. The least yeah. alone. A totally opposite of what the young, uh, the artificial insemination man. Yeah. Uh the, the young artificial
2: insemination <laughs> man.
1: Well the way he the way he got up on stage and said it he he might as well have been like I was created in a laboratory, you know? It's like Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I, I, I you know, I mean, I am a clone. <laughs> i am a hologram i had no father
1: look buddy i had a wonderful i have a wonderful father and i still wrestle with anxiety as well yeah, i it... wrestle
2: with anxiety because <laughs> my father was in my life <laughs> i don't know man i'm just saying it's not you know i mean you know and the, and the other thing is i mean obviously i'm definitely not going to make that assumption but it's like i mean i don't know just because your moms are gay doesn't mean they're good parents like, that, right. that that has nothing to do with it. So it's like, well, if, if you felt like that when you were growing up or whatever, like, I'm sorry you didn't get the love that you deserved. Or maybe you did and you were just fucking radicalized by these lunatics to rewrite your entire fucking history yeah. so you yeah. could fucking speak at hate rallies. It's hard to parse yeah. because there's so, there's like a disingenuousness that's just baked in. Mm-hmm. Another thing I just want to tell these people is, like, stop letting corporations raise your kids. Like, I'm sorry, but movies do not owe it to your kids to raise them for you. Like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to fucking subscribe to Disney+, Plus, bring your kids to the fucking park. Like, just shut the fuck up. Just yeah. don't, don't consume the shitty-ass product. And it's harder and harder, though, because the product has become just, like, the brand, giving us the content, and everyone slurps it up. But that's a deeper problem. It has nothing to do with... Uh, you know, like whether there's a gay kiss in Buzz Lightyear or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like there are I, – I assume – I've never seen any, but I would assume that there are plenty of DVDs uh, or, or YouTube <laughs> yeah. videos out there that are like – Christian cartoons But it's that, weak sauce they, it's, they
2: know their content sucks yeah, They're they, like <laughs> We can't fucking beat Disney's production <laughs>
1: <laughs> That is so true It's like You know The kid goes to school And the, and everybody's talking About Iron Man They're talking about Hulk yeah. You know They're talking about Captain America yeah, Spider-Man like, All that like, stuff Mom,
2: mom I wanna go see and Spider-Man But we have a Lambert the Lion at home
1: Yeah, exactly And the kids Yeah, the kids Like I can't I don't fit in With the other kids They're talking about These other heroes And I got this like Weird lion with a Sheep mom And <laughs> uh, Yeah I,
3: <laughs> I think part of the issue Is that uh, Conservatives felt like Historically They could Count on Disney to um, basically uphold their vision of the culture, like be in their in their uh, side of the ring for the culture war. I mean, Walt Disney literally went to the uh, HUAC, the uh, House Un-American uh, Activities Committee, and accused his own employees of being communist because they went on strike. <laughs> so he was <laughs> yeah. he was always you know solidly um, like on their side, and they really this is sort of part of the broader fear that the culture is being ripped away from them in the way that they can't control.
2: Yeah. And, but again, Disney's not who they're really going to affect with this. They will not fucking make a dent with Disney. It's fucking Disney at this point. Come on. But what they will make a dent with is uh, LGBT youth specifically are going to just have a way worse year than they would have if this entire bullshit circus hadn't mm-hmm. started up. And it's it is purely to harvest votes by stoking hate. They just do it. They choose a new fucking narrative. And they go with it. And they don't, they don't give a shit. It's not just that they don't give a shit who it hurts. They just see that, they see that as a bonus. Like, th- those are their enemies. They're, you know, hurting, basically. Yeah. Um, just disgusting. Next to the stage was a gay man who claimed he almost died of an overdose and had a religious experience where he came to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, leading him to exit the homosexual lifestyle and join the ministry to spread the message. So, just the same bullshit. He kept speaking, like, too long, and Koopman just had to tap him, like, four times to get him to just shut up and uh, give up the mic.
1: Which is funny, because, like, you would think that this would be their biggest sell. A guy who once was gay and, and exited the yeah. lifestyle, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he he was. He was just really, he, he was just talking for a lot compared to other people. Just go up there, fuck up Lambert the Lion, and get off stage, okay? <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't spice things up too much. So after a set of speeches, Foyt and his band started playing a song. The crowd sang along, waved their hands in the air, and danced around blissfully. Some attendees, clearly less familiar with the revivalist aspect of Foyt's gatherings, seemed to wait around for another speech to start. They had clearly come here for the words of hate, not to attend a concert. I wandered away from the crowd and spotted an elaborate sign held up by a woman sitting in a wheelchair. So boys, uh, I need you to kind of describe what you see here. Um,
3: Yeah, here's a big colorful poster board that says defund Disney. Lots of text and clip art of children. Um, Mm -hmm. It says, welcome to Disney where the perverts are hard at work programming your children. Disney, isn't it your job to entertain children not program them? Mm. There's a bunch more
2: stuff. It says, welcome to Disney indoctrinating your children one at a time. Disney is waging a war on innocence. Disney employees arrested for child pedophilia, 45 and counting. Awake, not woke. Disney, why do you want to control what's between my legs? Disney, why are you so concerned about my child sexuality? Disney, why do you hire so many child pedophiles? Which, like, child pedophile, you don't need to put child in there. You can just, no. yeah. just leave that word. It, it, it works. Nearer to the Disney Studios gate, a man was standing alone in silence, holding a large hand-drawn sign.
1: It reads, child innocence, not LGBTQTIA brainwash, not gender confusion.
2: Protect children from Disney woke psychops. This guy just, I would walk up to him and he would just kind of stare blankly, like just say nothing and just stare. And
3: You know, I think its uh, he's, he's doing IRL posting. Yes. He's, just, he's, just, he's try- presenting his, the text of what he wants to say. Yeah. And then he's done.
2: That's it. He's like, listen, I, I put a lot of effort into this. I don't have any more energy to say anything or mingle with anybody.
1: He's like, I've
2: gotten the order of the
1: LGBTQ letters incorrect. Mm-hmm. I've misspelled psychops. It's like psychological <laughs> pork chops. <laughs> Side chops. Side chops. <laughs> Side chops.
2: <laughs> Nearby, another middle-aged man with a megaphone was berating a couple of stone-faced Disney guards through the gate. His talking points were familiar.
0: The New World Order is dead! Your Great Reset is dead! Stop with your demonic agenda! It's over! Leave our children alone, you triple
2: scumbags! From the way he phrased things, it's my guess that this guy was a fan of InfoWars. And he wasn't the only one in the crowd. I saw another young woman holding a sign that said, Alex Jones was right, and at least two young men with InfoWars t-shirts. The guy we just listened to continued to yell through the gate until a nearby group of three young children supervised by an older lady attracted his attention. He approached one of them, a small boy who had been half-heartedly yelling anti-Disney slogans every few minutes. He held a bullhorn to the child's mouth.
9: Don't!
10: Don't mess with us! I'm a kid! Yeah.
8: Love it. Give Go it
9: to, to them. We don't want we don't want to just see Disney pictures. And what happened if Disney picture was just all over our school? Yeah. yeah. We need Safety content. We need to have math and all that stuff. We don't need to see like Disney
10: stuff everywhere.
2: <laughs> oh god. This is so, so depressing. Fucking the, depressing. These people are the the perverts oh They're truly my god perverted. yeah i agree i disgusting agree disgusting perverts
1: disgusting say it again say it loud come on say it kid yeah and you're there like warning about the coercion of of children and corrupting yeah. their minds you're putting a fucking megaphone in front of a scared kid he's he's turning up and asking his parent if he can say the thing that the scary man is yeah. telling him to say like yep. this is
2: fucking wild shame on you the man was disappointed in the performance, so he shook the kid's hand and wandered off. But then the child screamed something the man agreed with, so he returned with the bullhorn to encourage the boy further.
6: Shut down Disney! There you go! See? That's
9: not what you'll say right, right there! Down. Say shut down Disney! Shut down Disney! Say it again! Shut down Disney right now! One more time! Shut down Disney! All right! Parents had a...
6: You
0: hear that, you Cretans? That's from a little child who's saying, shut down, Disney. The parents had enough. He's telling you. This is a, a smart little boy here is telling you that you pedophiles have
2: had enough. <sighs> oh, Th- man. This those... guy was ho- horrible. Um, Just a, a dog shit human being. The guards at Disney are like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What
1: the fuck? What the fuck? What <laughs> the fuck? Usually, usually our job consists of giving confused actors maps of where (laughs) to go on the lot for their auditions. Yeah, Uh, we are not used to being called pedophiles through a megaphone and fuck this guy. He's like, you hear what this kid's saying? It's like, oh, you the correct thing would be like, do you hear what I told this kid to (laughs) yell into my
2: megaphone? Yeah. Yeah. Coerced the kid into doing um, amazing. Soon after the man was punished. He was interrupted by the sound of a song from The Lion King coming out of a USB speaker held by a thin, younger man in a pink t shirt and beanie. So here's that moment.
6: Africa, Disney. These are for the African children, the boys and girls who do not believe in perversion, who do not believe in pedophilism, who do not believe that it is right for homosexuality to be taught to children. This is for the future of Africa. Hands off Africa, Disney! Hands off Africa! You will not touch the people of Nigeria. You will not touch the children of Ghana. You will not touch the children of Kenya. Because Jesus Christ is the king of Africa. And Jesus Christ is the king of America. And Jesus Christ is the king of all nations. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, I tried to, like, figure out what he was talking about. Um, and he, he gave me this really long-winded explanation about how Disney is going to make the first African cartoon, which I don't think that's a fact. But apparently um, it was just like a kind of speech about how they were basically disrespecting African culture and stuff like that or, or their employees as well. It was very confused because it's not really his point here. You know, I think at the end there with the, the Jesus stuff, you can kind of see where his point Yeah. And with the you know anti-homosexual stuff,
1: yeah, it's bigotry disguised as wokeness because they think they sought work, uh, you know, yes. for progressive yeah. people or liberals, and they're just essentially copy. essentially yeah. copying the the form letter, mm-hmm. but, but inserting all of the shitty the shitty content. But he loves the song; he's bobbing his head to the yeah. Lion King song. That's a that is a piece of artwork produced by Disney
2: that you are. It's a deep. Know? It's a deep cut too. It like breaks yeah. into a beat. It's yeah, like some it's sort of tight. remix. We'll return to the Lion King guy because he continued to be active even once the sun had come down and the band were packing up. Both his young kids were with him, but he rarely acknowledged them, and they were clearly used to these kinds of situations. They were just pushing little scooters around, weaving in and out of the crowd as he ranted. Even compared to the random bullhorn rants like this, the speeches from the stage were hardly tame. Here's Drew Hernandez from Turning Point USA taking the mic. He runs a show for TPUSA called Frontlines which claims to target millennials and Zoomers. Hernandez calls himself a political commenter and investigative journalist, and he once participated in a discussion on Tim Poole's podcast that included Alex Jones and Joe Rogan. So, rolling with the good guys. Mm-hmm. Rolling with the homies. So here he is, making an insanely unhinged speech. We're
9: not talking about lowering your taxes! We're not talking about taking money and making better roads. We're talking about pedophiles that want to groom little kids. Listen, I'm gonna preach my heart out here because I know exactly what we're facing. Everything that the Bible foretold that we would be dealing with in the future is happening in real time, right now. Listen, I don't care where you come from. I don't care where you are right now. You might feel so insignificant like your life means nothing especially as a Christian. Maybe things aren't seeming to turn out the way that you thought they would be. Now's your time, bro. Now's your time, sister. Take to social media. Take to the airwaves. Stand for the children right now. Now is not the time to be a coward. Now is not the time to be a coward. And I'm gonna leave you guys with this one thing, with this one thing alone. Jesus made it very clear, this is the God that I serve. If anybody causes one of these little ones that believes in me to stumble, let a millstone be tied around their neck and thrown into the ocean. Is that too radical for you? I'm not saying we should go out and start killing people. What I'm saying is (laughs) have the heart of the Lion of Judah and aggressively defend your kids. Yeah,
1: Travis yeah, and I yeah, both yeah. have our heads in our hands. Yeah. Just uh oh, we are <laughs> lots so of good stuff about
3: there. It's like, hey, for first of all, I love it. it's like, hey, are feeling aimless, purposeless, you know, depressed? How about you get angry online and post about the things I'm yelling about right now? Then you'll feel happy and purposeful once again.
1: It's just save the children, but in the absence of of the, you know, the guiding of of the Q drops, it's reverted back to what Save the Children always was, was Mm -hmm. save the children from the devil, save the children from gay people, uh, save the children from,
2: uh, I don't know. Well, everyone left of me who are all pedophiles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's literally it. I mean, everyone left. It's fucking QAnon. It's amazing. It's so mainstream that the average person who's now whipped up into this probably doesn't even know about QAnon. At one point, a speaker asked any political candidates, including those for local offices and school boards, to raise their hands. There were easily like a half dozen to a dozen of them. The crowd laid hands on them and prayed for them to succeed in attaining political positions. Foyt made his 11-year-old daughter say a prayer after he explained to the crowd that her generation was under assault, but that they would be the ones to, quote, crush the head of the serpent. The LAPD presence was minimal, and they never intervened, in stark contrast to the recent massive police turnout and aggressive intervention during the scientist-led protest addressing lack of governmental action in regards to climate change. They really laid into those people, and they had way more cops. Pastor Jay Koopman went as far as to explain to the crowd that the police should be praised because they, quote, "...have our back." At the time, I didn't know it, but a star made an appearance. Disney actor Taylor Dooley, who has been in multiple movie projects like 2005's The Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl, and 2020's We Can Be Heroes. She later made a long Instagram post to her 316,000 subscribers, doubling down on her beliefs and support for the Foyt Disney protest. Here's how she concluded it. The truth is, I love Disney. I just took my family to Disneyland
1: for my son's birthday back in November. But their latest move seeks to sexualize and indoctrinate our children. And that is not okay with me and parents all over the world. I am praying that they have a change of heart. But in the meantime, I can no longer support them for my children.
2: Lava Girl is pilled. Sorry, folks. (sighs) Maybe they could put together like a full pilled like variant of the MCU. Mm. Yeah. All the superheroes that, that turned into QAnon supporters yeah it's like Disney d- Disney Pilled uh, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Disney Plus a separate app uh, you know I, d- see dude you're getting on board with me yeah. I'm saying these folks already live in an alternate universe we okay. need to create
2: one again, for again them again with the a hologram storm we need a hologram He's obsessed storm obsessed with it <laughs> Uh, we do. We Jake need a ho- is waiting for the hologram storm like QAnon is waiting for the actual storm. Yeah,
1: yeah we just <laughs> we just wait. need we just need to sequester them <laughs> okay. in, in a reality shape All to their right. liking so they, they can feel like they won and they just stop bothering everybody else. Okay.
2: So imprison them in a false
1: A, a prison that they love. It's a good <laughs> it, this is a good matrix. This is a good matrix that they won't reject. You know what I mean?
2: Hmm. So they, I still
1: think it's a good idea.
2: At this point, it was a recurring theme, you know, just like, I love Disney, I go there all the time, I give them all my money, but, like, this is too much. Everybody there seemed to have attended Disney frequently. Pastor Jay Koopman even explained that he was an annual pass holder. You know, being a young parent, having two
0: beautiful daughters, can I just be honest? My wife and I live in Orange County, and one of the things that we loved to do since our baby was born was to take them to Disneyland. Do we got anybody in here that would go to Disneyland? Can I just be real with you? We have annual passes to Disneyland. Matter of fact, me and my church, because it was a fun thing to do, we would go and fellowship at Disneyland. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But we can't just stand out here and sing. We've gotta take action. So I am commissioning and asking all of you to not renew your Disneyland account. We will not go back. They will not get our money. They will not get our time. We will not support something that's gonna come against our children. There is nobody in hell that will ever try to sexualize my children, your children, stand with me. Are you with me right now? I want you to end your account. I want you to write emails. I want you to cancel Disney in the name of
1: Jesus. Come on, shout.
2: Cancel Disney in the name of Jesus.
1: Yeah, I will say. (laughs) Pretty weak uh, to claim that you're not going to let your your annual pass uh, renew uh, in, you know, April of the year. That gives you, you know, that gives you at least, you know, eight more months uh, <laughs> uh-huh. to be able to, yeah, okay. uh, in good conscience, uh, attend Disneyland with your family. Jake is
2: doing the math. He has a Venn diagram out. He's got a, a, a Gantt chart. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a, a pretty funny touch that that just kept being a recurring thing. But also he mentioned like we used to go with my church to Disney to fellowship. It's like, I wonder what these people would think if a group of Muslims went to fellowship at Disney. They would have a fucking <laughs> meltdown. Yeah. You're fucking treating this place like it's your church or whatever. It's like, I don't, how is that?
1: And also, where, where's the, uh, the scrutiny on Universal Studios? This, of course, is where the <laughs> Harry Potter world is. Uh, you know, yeah, that's witchcraft. An entire area
2: devoted to witchcraft. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Speaking of witchcraft, Sheba Bagheri was also in attendance. A far-right activist often seen at this type of Southern California event. She's currently running for city council in Beverly Hills. She, she's the one I, I posted. Uh, oh, yeah. That picture of oh, her yeah. where she says, uh, a crime happens here in Beverly Hills almost every week, <laughs> which <laughs> I thought was just very funny. But yeah, here she is talking to a right-wing streamer.
10: You know what? I used to watch Disney shows, but you know what's kind of crazy? as the veils being lifted. I realized that Disney's always been about witchcraft. I mean, look at the mouse. has got a witch hat. It's all about magic. You know And instead of God, they're like, oh, it's magic. You know what I mean? And then you look at, like, oh, it's all about being pretty. And they're young. And then they marry a prince. And it's like, oh, you got to be so beautiful. And it's, like, it's so shallow. It's really shallow. They're teaching our kids to be shallow. And... The message is really not a good message you know what i mean i want my kid to love everybody regardless of what they look like on the outside you know we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves i think we should go back to the ten commandments imagine if we went back by the ten commandments and we all thought that way there's one god we don't have these false gods like these celebrities these spirit cooking celebrities as you know that they're a bunch of spirit cooking luciferians and we got to keep it real people think i'm crazy But
1: look into it yourself. Oh, yeah. There's that cute stuff. Beverly
2: Pills. Now we're talking. Um, (laughs) Beverly Pills? Beverly Pills. (laughs) Shiva would later be seen ranting against the Luciferian globalists and telling them to cough up the demons possessing them. All of this through a megaphone that had an InfoWars sticker on it. Another figure present, Brina Makovka, who was a J6 participant and has ties to far-right activism and violence in the Southern California area. And thank you to Vishal Singh for sharing this information with me. So at the time, I didn't really know who she was. I just thought of her as a woman wearing a t-shirt with a giant QR code on it. So uh, I walked up to her and I asked her what it was about.
8: What it leads to is a trail
5: to like one of the, um, you know, one of these national trails, you know. I don't know if you know, but a, a lot of children or one, one of the places in which they're smuggled is from national, like, um, parks. Exactly. All so when you do this and you take a picture of it, it leads to a trail. And then I have them back it's J6 gear. I was in January
6: 6th. Oh, cool. So I
5: was there and I created J6 merch. You can get it on Bonfire. And um, yeah, I'm trying to change the narrative of that whole day.
6: So.
2: What? she's honest she's like change listen, the that, narrative of the day this is a QR code I wore to J6 I was there and it's about the tunnels that they're smuggling children in and uh yeah it leads you right to that trail it's like <laughs> oh, it's like fuck?
1: it's like yeah here I on my shirt I have a QR code uh it leads to a uh, gallows no it'll help and, you go
2: and, buy <laughs> children this is a location where you can come and purchase your own <laughs> child <laughs> fantastic man I love to do viral marketing
3: yeah she's not only a human post she's a human hyperlink <laughs>
2: She was clearly proud of having attended January 6th, but she also went on to explain that there were tunnels in California and Nevada where children were being smuggled. She claimed to have been chased out of the California one by a cop. When I asked her what was happening to the children, she raised her eyebrows and asked me, Where do you think these children are going? I was then told in a very friendly way to do my own research. This was a pattern at the event. You'd hear QAnon claims, but no mention of Q. Everybody seemed to understand that publicly supporting QAnon was a discredit. But they might also have lost their utility for the anonymous poster. After all, their favorite anti-LGBT panic was already successfully dominating the entire right-wing media sphere. I spotted a figure I recognized. Alison Steinberg, a.k.a. Allison Wonderland, a makeup artist turned far-right activist. She was interviewing people in the crowd. Allison had come a long way since we ran into her in July of 2020 at the first Save the Children rally in L.A., where she was wearing a QAnon t-shirt and explaining that she was freshly red-pilled. Since then, she had gotten involved with the media operation of Jess Weber, a guy with Proud Boy Connections who filmed himself at January 6th holding a police riot shield. She had also appeared on InfoWars multiple times and gone viral for harassing a Starbucks employee who asked her to wear a mask in the drive-thru. I asked her why she was attending the protest.
10: I thought today was particularly important because I personally grew up with Disney. It was a huge part of my life as a child, and it's just sickening to see what is happening with them. And the grooming of the children of today um, It is something that every parent should be aware of and stand up and fight back about. Um, because if we don't solve this now, it's just going to continue to go on and get worse.
2: I asked her what she thought Disney should do.
10: I mean, I would hope they would listen. I mean, there's thousands... Probably millions of Disney fans out there, Uh, you know, if everyone started voting with their doll, I think that could have a huge impact. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't willing to take those uh, steps that I think are necessary to actually make the change. But if Disney really cared, I think they would be listening and, uh, you know, revoke some of these insane stances that they've got.
2: Then I asked her if she felt that the Disney protest was a sign that people were waking up to QAnon and concepts like adrenochrome. She responded positively, as you'll hear, but then we immediately got interrupted. And then my camera's battery died. Do you think that some of this Disney stuff, specifically the laws in uh, Florida, have helped shed light on stuff that used to be a bit more like taboo, you know, like shoot on and kind of the children and the green and
6: stuff?
10: Well, yeah, I think so, because a lot of these teachers in Florida say, you know, no, it's not about ramifications, no, it's not about indoctrination. Uh, yet where, where now that they've are you covering said... a
2: real story about real kids
10: getting hurt?
2: So yeah, unfortunately interrupted by a man harassing an NBC4 reporter. <laughs> I changed my battery as quickly as I could, but the guy kept yelling, and anyway, Allison was now busy interviewing people with her Proud Boy cameraman. I would have to wait for the next event to ask her again. The concert was starting to wind down. Sean Foyt encouraged everybody to gather under the Disney sign to, quote, take a picture for the news. His entourage held up a giant banner that said, hold the line. The crowd started chanting as he raised a guitar in one hand. Oh my God, Disney!
0: Disney! 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 Disney!
6: Disney!
2: Once they were done with this, the band started packing up. As night fell, the vibes continued to spiral. An angry older guy kept chasing around the local NBC Four crew, a cameraman with an LGBT flag face mask, and a middle-aged black anchor woman. The crowd joined in. It was getting pretty ugly.
6: Why don't you go to the border and watch those little children, the little four-year-old girls being raped right now? Do you want to? Do you really care about people? You don't care about people. They don't care about kids. They don't care about family. We don't want you no more. We don't want you no more, NBC News.
2: The sun had long fallen but across the street from Disney Studios, away from the main crowd. The same guy who had ranted about Africa was now telling a story about getting kicked out of Disneyland with his kids.
6: I brought my two children to Disneyland, and at the gates of Disneyland in Anaheim, I opened up my Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And I was reading on the last night of Hanukkah. I was reading the words of Isaiah 61, At the gates of Disneyland, and this is what it says The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. So
2: I guess you can kind of see why maybe he got kicked out of Disney. Yeah. I mean, I won't play the whole prayer, but it got pretty heated. So then I I was just kind of standing there and I pictured him screaming all of this at the gates of Disneyland in the presence of his children. And then I looked down and I noticed he was wearing a lanyard with some passes in it, including one to Legoland.
3: Oh. So
2: then I started picturing him with his kids making a scene like this at various theme parks. (laughs) And I started to get fucking sad. Yeah, it gives me anxiety. (laughs) Uh, Awful. Here's how he ended the story.
6: So there I am at the gates of Disneyland in Anaheim. Now, no no more than 40 miles away from here. And the next thing I know, I was surrounded by 22 security guards. 22 security guards for reading the words of the Bible. And they brought two Anaheim police in front of my children. They arrested me at the gates of Disneyland for reading the Bible on the last night of Hanukkah. December 6th, 2021. Since then, the city attorney's office has trumped up the charges against me. Three charges are now against me for reading the Bible at the gates of
2: Disneyland. And now they're taking away my children. And now I'm going to jail.
1: Yeah, sounds like uh, he could uh, write a new book uh, for the Bible, the book of Josh you know where he where he <laughs> proselytizes at the <laughs> gates of Disneyland and 22 guards yeah 22 guards appeared from a nearby bush and told him to leave i wonder all i mean it could also i i doubt this guy had a mask on and like at in december of 2021 they i would i believe that Disneyland had just reopened pretty recently like uh, trying to figure out what their you know, what their flow looked like, you know, sort of uh, mm. mid-COVID. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe it
2: didn't have anything to do with the Bible, bud. Now I'm picturing him getting tossed out by a bunch of, uh, like, full-size yellow Lego men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a bunch of carrot Disney characters pile on. <laughs> that would have been...
2: <laughs> it's getting carried out by a bunch of mascots. It's so fucking depressing because his kids were there, like, still scooting around him at night, like... And uh, it just... Fuck... I just
1: you know I have a hard time understanding why people the why Christians are so Angry. I mean, is it that after hundreds of years of you know enjoying the the comforts of being you know the sort of settled reality that things are starting to change and and that terrifies them? Have we always had crazy religious kooks out on the streets? You know, in the eighteen oh,
2: hundreds yeah. and absolutely stuff. I mean, it, I mean, Sean Foyt comes from the Azusa revival, which was the idea of bringing uh, the church into the streets. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole lineage.
1: Dude, they could have, they could have had a nice Wednesday night, <laughs> <laughs> but instead
2: they're they're out here. You know, I I don't know. The guy continued ranting to a thinning crowd. It was night, but he was not done spreading the good word. In this clip, you can hear him address me when he forgets a reference.
6: So I urge you to turn the tables against injustice and how Disney is being used. How is it, how Disney is being used by the devil? Disney is being used by the devil, just the same way that Harvey Weinstein was used by the devil. The same way that, in some ways, uh, horrible, horrible tyranny, tyrannical people have been used by the devil. The same way that who's a pedophile at the island? He's a dude Epstein. Epstein, just like Jeffrey Epstein, was used by the devil.
2: Oh, uh, it felt really oh. bad to be the guy that gave yeah.
1: him that. I was just
2: like, Whoa.
1: You know, something similar happened to me once. I was at a, a small John Mayer concert, and it was shortly after he came back from having nodule surgery. And um, he forgot the words to My Body is a Wonderland while he was singing it. <laughs> And he kind of looked out in the crowd, and there I was, you know, pretty big John Mayer fan, you know, late teens, early twenties, okay. and I was there singing the words. And he got back wow. on track and continued yeah. to sing the song. That's so, a
2: lot like this. I feel like you and I have a similar, we understand each other. We do. Oh, I yeah.
1: yeah, I understand. <laughs>
2: At this point, I realized I had become some sort of co pilot for this guy, which was not <laughs> what yeah, I yeah, yeah. had set out to do. <laughs> yeah.
3: Definitely what, like, you know, oh, let me just tee this one up for you. Guy yelling into yeah. a megaphone. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Hillary
3: Clinton. <laughs> Barack Obama. I
2: was overcome with a strong urge to leave. This was truly one of the most vile events I had attended. It was also my first time out in the field again since I returned to the United States. And what a homecoming it was. Sounds awful. So glad I didn't go with you. As I walked back to the car, I checked the time. The entire thing had lasted just a bit over two hours. It had felt a lot longer. It was time for me to go home.
3: Well, thank you for your service, Julian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. It feels
2: bad. That w- been, I would have
1: been that would have been a bad one for me. It was
2: just so hateful, like, just yeah. awful. Um, so, so targeted, too. Like, yeah, sp- a lot less. I don't know. Like, as much as you can argue that there are, um, you know, good vibes or whatever at certain QAnon gatherings because people just want to get together and have fun, like, this was this felt different, yeah, darker.
1: I mean, the, the, the footage that you have of the guy chasing around the NBC reporter, who, as far as I could tell, is a woman of color from the, from the video. Yeah. A- anytime you see somebody chasing somebody and, like, yelling aggressively at them, and it's not clear whether she had any kind of security with her and is kind of backing away, I just, that, may, that just filled me with, like, an intense sadness and, and fear. Well, it was right in front of the cops, but they didn't do anything. They just watched it happen. You know what's really interesting is I'm surprised that Disney themselves, I mean, these, these studios uh, have insane security. I
2: mean— Well, no one went in. That's the thing is, like, they basically coordinated with the cops and was like, you know, we'll only fill the whole front gate for, like, a moment for the photo. We'll set up the stage to the side. So they collaborate with the police to make a situation in which it wouldn't make sense for uh, Disney mm. to intervene. And then they That's don't so intervene. Insidious. They just they don't intervene. They just let it happen, and and the, of course these people thank the cops for their service as they walk away. They're instructed to by these you know people making sermons on stage and organizing it. So the whole thing it just felt, um, yeah, just profoundly dispiriting. Hey Vey, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. This week we are very excited because we have an announcement. We are about to launch. In fact the first episode should drop on the 15th of this month of april a new limited edition miniseries by our very own travis view it's called trickle down travis do you want to tell us a bit about
6: it
3: yeah, it's really hyped. So yeah, we wanted to, I mean, we're all going to try and like take a stab at, I guess, taking our own series. And I really excited because it's, you know, an opportunity to like talk about things that I'm really interested in. I guess my broader sort of interest is in people who are wrong in like really huge ways, just mm-hmm. extremely not correct, not, not on the factual route they, they should be on. But Trickle Down really explores people who are wrong but also are able to uh, implement their wrongness into policy. <laughs> so they have uh, wrong ideas about how the world works, and then they're able to, uh, you know, they're backed by academia and science, and they wear suits and lab coats, and they, everyone thinks that they know exactly what they should be talking about, but they're wrong. And then the rest of us just have to deal with the consequence of the, them enforcing this wrongness uh, upon the rest of us. And um, I'm going to start the series with, uh, we're going to do a two-parter on, I think, one of the worst debacles in 20th century American science, which is the story of uh, the Kalakak family, which was by this um, research psychologist named Henry Herbert Goddard, thought that basically he had uh, cracked the code about why alcoholism and degeneracy and like, you know, crime existed. And he thought he was all hereditary. And he created this story about this family he called the Kalakak family to attempt to prove this. And it was hugely successful. <laughs> Popular book influenced um, a lot of people, including, you know, the Nazis. But what happened was that it was only later that uh, scientists and policymakers discovered that the science was actually horrible. He got a lot of stuff wrong, like he got the genealogy wrong, he made a lot of bad assumptions. So it's really a story of, um, you know, that's bad, bad, horrible science that was nonetheless temporarily accepted in the wider scientific and uh i guess cultural political uh, circles, and then it led to really disastrous impacts on the most vulnerable people gather around, kids, learn about eugenics well yeah yeah it's like i yeah, it's, I think it's interesting because you know um I don't know i think I think eugenics is a really interesting um you know, topic because people don't, I don't think people fully appreciate how much of a eugenics frenzy there was in the US in the early 20th century. I mean, mm-hmm. like the United States is basically where um, intellectual eugenics was developed. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really huge thing. But it's kind of like, I don't know, I think it's like, it's a little bit awkward for everyone on the political spectrum uh, because obviously, you know, right wingers don't want to feel like, you know, their country did dumb things or horrible things. And of course, the thing about eugenics is that it was part of the progressive movement at the time. It's like If you believed in women's suffrage and you believed in uh, you know, uh, more liberal policies and you believed in all these other things, you also statistically probably also believed in eugenics in the early 20th century.
2: Yeah, so we can't wait to launch that. It'll be coming out once a week uh, for 10 weeks, and it's going to be on top of you know, everything we normally put out our regular episodes, and our premium episodes. So just extra stuff uh, for all of you. And uh, so if you want access to that, to what is becoming a really cool extended catalog, the price has not changed. Five bucks a month. And you can subscribe at patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous. And i uh, really excited. We worked with Nick Senna, again, who made uh, our first album on our kind of little record label here. And he has composed a really, really cool theme for it and I know Travis is ready to go and excited. So, I don't know. I'm just really excited to share it with everybody. Yeah, uh, I listened
1: to like the first two minutes uh, before we started recording this episode today, and I was like really, really blown away. I'm really excited to dive into it. And also, in case it wasn't clear, if you are a Patreon subscriber currently, you do not have to pay anything more to get these no. new miniseries. You, this Nothing. is uh, this is part of your subscription, so you, there's no increase in price if you're already there's a just more subscriber. content. There's more content. There's a brand new miniseries and other miniseries down the line uh, over yeah. the next uh, right. couple years. So um, yeah, really, really exciting stuff, and we can't wait to uh, share everything with you guys. A new chapter in the QAnon <laughs> In a world where a podcast decides to make other smaller podcasts and release okay. them for no extra fee to their faithful subscribers. Oh, God. In a world where Travis View gets to tell you just how stupid America really is. <laughs> <laughs> with no, with little to no oversight yeah. from the two co-hosts. Anti-American
2: Travis View. <laughs> yes. um, Jake's series, by the way, will be him doing that voice just for like 10 hours. In a world.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> In a world where my series is uh, very easy to write because I make it up on the day of the recording. In
2: a world where Jake's body parts are found spread out across various freezers. <laughs> and people suspect his co-host, Julian Field. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for um, subscribing and uh, you help us stay advertising-free and editorially independent. For everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week. May the Deep Dish bless you and keep you.
8: It's not a conspiracy, it's a fact. And now, today's auto cue. Remember, there's also Jews, and we also believe in God, and we also believe that God, we have ways that God had taught us to be. And that is not pedophilia, that's not homosexuality. Imagine life with a man like a life with a woman. And Disney has got to be quiet for the Christians and the Jews. Shabbat Israel and I, I, and I, cut. God, here are Israel's one God. God is one. Hey, Disney, who did you sell out to? China? Thank you.